Last time we had Joel A. Erickson on. I'll be honest, there are parts of my body a bit more exposed than usually. Okay. Are. Okay. A little more clothed this time. Did did he let you just keep it? Or is he like, I have to wash this now? Well, he said he preferred bleach. Uh, Tuckman Cleaners, I think, was his recommendation on that. Um, I, I handed it back to Joel, actually, and he seemed to be content with the condition that I handed it back. Uh, Joel, have you worn your, I guess, tank top brewer shirt since then? I, I have not. It has been washed. It has been washed and then put back in the, uh, in no, the no, drawer. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you actually wear that thing, Joel? Oh, absolutely. Where, where, if I was leaving the NL Central, I'd Where in 2023 too. does one wear tank tops? Uh, to, baseball, I, to baseball games that are like 90 degrees. Yeah, could not agree more. Okay. Lollapalooza. <laughs> the infield of the Indy 500. I was going to say. Uh, the beach. The beach is the a good beach. place for a tank top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, when was the last time the Milwaukee Brewers had a home game that was 90 degrees? Uh, I was uh, – the last one I went to was in that range. It was Brewers Reds right before the All-Star break with Wade Miley. They didn't just close the roof and turn on the air conditioning? Uh, see, the thing about the roof is when they close it, if they're, the air condition, they, there's not really air conditioning in there. So if it's hot and they close the roof, it turns into like a uh, sauna. Yeah, it's like Lucas Oil want, Stadium. They built a to roll over if it's hot. You Lucas Oil Stadium. They forgot to put in a drainage ditch. They couldn't put in air conditioning at Miller Park. What the? What are these people doing? <laughs> what the hell is going Speaking on? Speaking of AC, it, it was probably the coolest Colts practice of camp yesterday, out there at Grand Park. Joel was there per, per usual. Anthony Richardson. Um, Joel, I think his best day with the starters. I was saying to Jake last segment. I think what stood out to me was in was really that that, that situational period at the end. You know, I think oftentimes we evaluate quarterbacks, or we should, and what separates them is in those moments. Red zone, two-minute, fourth quarter, et cetera. And what you saw with Richardson is you saw his arm and the throw to Granson and then his legs on the two-point conversion. I think just like those are some moments that you point to. There's not a lot of it at Florida, but eventually, you know, that's what's going to be the separator for him whenever he does get into game action. Yeah, and and just to add on top of that, the, the touchdown pass to Alec Pierce was during what Steichen calls a call-it period where the, the players don't know what the script is. They don't know what plays are going to be running. It's like a game where it gets called in. And so, like, I, you know, I know that Shane Steichen was looking at yesterday as he was going to put a little pressure on his guys and see how they responded. And for Richardson to turn in his best practice so far uh, is, is a really good sign from the rookie. Um, it feels like those last two days uh, in particular – uh, the first time on Saturday night with the the second team, and then yesterday with the first team, uh, those those were the first times that you kind of came away from it going, "Wow, that's that's a really good practice from the rookie." Were there any was there anything, Joel, that you felt like schematically was different that they might have tweaked that was to the liking of Anthony Richardson that increased his comfort level? Um, I I don't know if it's schematically or if they just told him to take the the um the governor off a little bit but it felt like when he ran yesterday it felt like it was more decisive uh and more he he was he, I, I felt like at times when he's when he's been in in practices before that he hasn't he hasn't really used his legs uh in the same way as like as we were expecting uh where he's, where he's taking off 
kind of, you know, making it, making a clear decision of the pocket and taking off. I did feel like that was the case yesterday. Um, you know, and, and I don't know if that was part of it. Uh, I also, I also think it's important to note that the first team defense, uh, did not have the force Buckner, um, doesn't have Samson and Bukum. Yeah. They're down uh, five starters yesterday. Yeah. So I, I do think that that's, that's something that should be noted too, is that, is that the defense was missing some of the guys who could make life uh, more difficult. Yeah, three of those five in the secondary, something we were talking a little bit about earlier. Um, on the Richardson front, again, Joel A. Erickson is joining us here from the Indianapolis Star. I think he drew the short end of the stick and is off to Buffalo later this week for the preseason opener. Um, <laughs> you believe Richardson will start that preseason opener and play how much? I, I, I guess I'm asking, not trying to infer that. Yeah, that's – I mean, obviously when we've asked Shane about it, he's given us less than zero hints about what he wants to do uh, with it. I think if it were me, I would start Richardson and play him all the way into the second quarter, like pretty far into the second quarter, um, maybe, maybe the whole first half. You know, if uh, if we're looking at it in terms of he needs to play, I, I would I, – I'd play him. I don't yeah. know that. Could not agree more on I don't that. Know that Minshew, I don't know that Minshew needs a lot of time, just being honest. So I, I'd play – if it was me, I think I'd play Richardson the first half. Let me ask you this, Joel. Joel A. Erickson is our guest. He's from the Indianapolis Star. He's on the Payless Liggers hotline. Um, every year there's there's a player, no matter what team you're covering, where you start to get into camp and you go, you know, is he – is he like in trouble here? Like what happened? He's not, he's he's just not playing well. And, you know, Trent Richardson comes to mind. I mean, you know, like as the weeks went on, it was like, man, like what what's happening? And obviously we found out there who that we have not talked about needs to start showing something. This is a good question. And it's one I was actually thinking about yesterday. Um, Shane Steichen had an interesting answer on the tight ends. He was talking about tight ends, and he mentioned Drew Ogletree, and he mentioned Farrell Brown, and he mentioned, you know, Jelani Woods had a hamstring injury. He mentioned that Will Mallory was hurt, and I, I, I couldn't help but notice that he didn't. I don't think he mentioned Mo Ali Cox, um, which was interesting to me uh, as as the most experienced player in in that tight end room. And I, maybe that's nothing, you know. Mo is uh, Ali Cox is hurt right now. Um, it's an ankle with him, uh, but. I was I was just interested. They've they've got all these tight ends in who um, have some experience. They seem to like Mallory, even though he has not been on the on the field very much. And that like we're that's five tight ends I've just mentioned by name, and you don't normally carry five tight ends. And so now I'm I kind of made a mental note to to try to figure out um, going forward. You know if. like who's who's going to end up being the odd man out? Are they really going to keep five tight ends? They, their history is a Shane Steichen's history is that he only plays three, so that that's that's maybe the the name that popped into my head. It was after after he didn't mention him. I, I was kind of I was had my radar up. Again, Joel Erickson is with us here from the Indianapolis Star. The Colts will practice tomorrow and Thursday, and then head to Buffalo on Friday. It's a Saturday afternoon kick. One o'clock, I think, is kick time from Buffalo. Joel, I don't think we're maybe there this week, but I think you can make the argument next week 
that the question deserves to be asked, doesn't Jonathan Taylor need to practice soon if he wants to be ready for the opener? Like, I, I almost feel like the contract talk has dominated so much of this that we have forgotten that a guy who has never had injury history in his football career until, whatever, last September, he has not practiced or played in a game since mid-December. He missed the last three games to end the 2022 season. Do you feel like we're nearing a date with Taylor? Like, separate of the contract stuff, he just has got to practice if he's going to be ready week one. Uh, yeah, I I do think that pro- probably the exact same timeline you gave, you know, uh, after that that first preseason game, you're looking at kind of a month-ish uh, before, before you play the first regular season game. And... You know, we've we've seen guys go in with you know a couple weeks or whatever, but they they usually end up with a little bit of rust. Like you would you would like to see him on the field, um, and there's there's still there's still some mystery around what exactly is you know like what his physical condition is. He's on the pup. Like what what does that mean? Um, there's there's a lot that there's a lot that I would like to have answered in that in terms of that particular situation. You make of the Kenyon Drake signing? Kenyon Drake is a essentially he's he's a veteran that you can bring in and just know that you have somebody experienced. Like this is Kenyon Drake is is he a camp body uh, or is he more than that? I, I think he is depth. I think I think you can keep him as depth if you want to. Uh, I don't know that you know he's insurance if something's wrong with Zach Moss's arm or something like that. I, at this point in Kenyon Drake's career, I don't know if I see him as, you know, somebody that you would look at. He, even, even when he was, even when he was in the middle of his career, he was often a number two back. I don't know if you, you look, look at, look at him as like, if you're, if that's the message you're trying to send to Jonathan Taylor, uh, I mean, I just from me, I, I don't know that that's the, the kind of message that would freak me out, really. I, I don't think uh, you I have think... to send a message, Joel. But I think the message is there. I, you can you can go in in mid August and sign a guy that played at the number one college football program in America and had one quarter the number of carries that Jonathan Taylor had in college and has averaged four and a half yards a carry in the pros over six seasons and just plug him in. Let's go. Okay, good. You don't like this it? Is hey. This is also his fifth team, though. This is understood. Understood, but my point being, in terms of what we're realistically expecting, in terms of what we're realistically expecting from a, I mean, I I think that he can definitely do the job, but in terms of going above and beyond, like a, like what you would get from Zach Moss or something like that, I I don't know that no, I'm expecting. Uh, of course, I totally get it, but you get my point. My point being, running backs are not like other positions and the fact that there are guys with experience. Sure, might not be game breakers, and Jonathan Taylor's a game breaker, no question. But those guys are out there, and and I just think Jonathan Taylor, if he's going to play hardball with them, it's like, yeah, okay, sure, we're good. I, I I don't think that's the message being sent here, but if they so choose it, it's a convenient one that they can throw out in terms of messaging. That's all. That's the way I look at it. It is. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. That's sort of the that's sort of the league's position is that none of these guys offer anything to your team. That's worth that's worth going above and beyond for. I, I still think that if you have the game breaker type, 
especially with a young quarterback and maybe the potential to have less explosives in the offense, the passing game that, that the running back had something there, but you know, that's not what the NFL seems to think. So the NFL just disagrees with me. Joel Erickson is with us here on the Payless Liquors hotline. Again, uh, with the Indianapolis star, him and Nate Atkins have been all over it here throughout training camp position battles of note, Joel, that you're still watching. It's kind of crazy to think just five practices left. Uh, at Grand Park. Two of those will be the joint sessions next week. Uh, Where are your eyes at kind of position battle-wise? Cornerback after yesterday, I kind of felt like for a while there with Brent out um, and and Rush out that it was was looking like Flowers and Baker for sure. Um, And now Brent is back on the field, and there were some deep passes hit on the first team yesterday. Uh, and now I'm starting to wonder if maybe that that's that's something that could go all the way down to the wire even after we're not seeing stuff at Grand Park. Cornerback uh, is definitely one of them. Um, it's tight end is another one. It's kind of odd to say given like normally when you have a team coming off of a four win season, there's competition all over the place. But it does feel like the starters in a lot of spots are pretty set, um, like offensive line wise defensive line linebacker like those 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 starters in those spots all feel kind of set um and yeah, i think tight end is the one that's really open I, outside of that to your point you know maybe one of those corner spots but i don't think i mean unless julian blackman continues to miss time and nick cross starts to impress me i i yeah I, i'm maybe i'm grasping at straws here but it just seems like tight ends really the only one in my eyes that's truly truly open yeah, tight, I, I agree with that. Tight, I mean, tight end, especially I think I think the biggest thing with tight end is that the person that we expected to take, or the person that I expected to take to be the the, I think he's kind of the only one who's got the, the skill set to really play the Dallas Goddard role is Jelani Woods, and he hasn't really been on the field very much because of an injury. So um, I think that that one does does feel pretty wide open now. You know, Drew Ogletree's had a, had a pretty good camp coming off of that ACL um, but but that one does feel pretty open. I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, outside of Brent uh, making a huge uh, push now that he's on the field, it, it it feels like it's it's pretty set. And and now you're trying to just figure out okay who fills out the rest of the the 53 man before the end of this is over. Uh, Joel, how big a step do you anticipate Alec Pierce taking this year? And how has he looked so far? So from a Alec Pierce only standpoint, like I, I think he's taking a pretty big step, and we've seen him making plays on some of the catches over the middle that were kind of sporadic last year. Um, I, I thought the other day when we interviewed him, it was a real sign of just how much he's grown in the way he he was talking about how different cornerbacks play him and how that cha- that like how he's thinking about how that alters the way he has to run the route. Like he was saying, Kenny Moore has long arms; he wants to get his hands on you and. And that's different from Daryl Baker, who trusts his speed and kind of plays behind you and makes it harder to, you know, do some of the comeback routes and stuff like that. That was the kind of stuff he didn't really talk about last year. Um, you know, I think last year as a rookie, you're you're trying to do all that stuff, but there's a lot there's a lot else that's new and it's hard to do that kind of thing. This year, it feels like he's kind of in command of it and really thinking through those details that Reggie Wayne can really help him with. Now, in terms of, I've been thinking about this with all the wide receivers. From a volume standpoint, 
Uh, and I obviously the Colts passing game was terrible last year. But from a volume standpoint, if this becomes more of a running game team with Anthony Richardson and, and whoever's going to play running back, uh, I wonder if the receivers could be better this year and the numbers don't necessarily show it. Joel, last one. Because of a lack of volume. Right. No, I get it. And, and probably scheme to an extent. And it just, I mean, I, Joel, my thought would be that this year, offensively in particular, that the Colts, you know, it's entirely possible. It's a slow rollout like restaurants have, right? I mean, like, they're not just going to come out in week one and be like, holy cow, they're throwing it all over the place. And they're doing, I mean, it's going to be a slow rollout over the course of, like, probably 30 games, don't you think? Well, it's definitely going to take them time to figure out. Like, they, they have an idea right now of what they think they want to do, but, I mean, we know this better than better than anybody after having a different quarterback, you know, for the Colts for however many. It usually takes half a season, even with veteran quarterbacks, to figure out exactly what you're doing. And, I mean, I know that was the previous staff, but that's also true of Steichen in Philadelphia. If you go back to the 2021 season with Philadelphia, uh, they were kind of scuffling halfway through the season, and then Sirianni gave up play calling, Steichen took it over, they altered what they were doing to emphasize Jalen Hurts' running ability, and then they started building into what they became last season. So uh, I'm, I'm expecting that to happen here, too. And just, you know, you can feel like you know what you have coming out of training camp, but it's obviously different than when someone is game planning for you and, and what happens when uh, they're disguising all this stuff and making it harder, and you're seeing you're seeing unscouted looks where you think you know what the defense is going to do, and then they're not, and and that inevitably changes uh, what the offense is going to look like. So I think that's a good point. It's a good point that, and 30 games is a good point too, because obviously, you know, as a rookie, it's hard to find any rookie quarterbacks who just hit the ground running right away. It usually takes some time, and so they're they're not going to know until Richardson starts to grow into it exactly what they want to do. Joel, last one from me. Um, how would you evaluate Gardner Minshew through a praxis? I think just to me, I just don't know. I don't see him as, as competition for Richardson in, in a way that some people have talked about him. We're like, well, if you put Minshew out there, you, you have this really good chance to win a ton of games. I, I just, it's been a lot of short completions. Um, He's not making a lot of plays down the field. When he's on the move, um, it often ends in a scramble for a yard or a throw out of bounds or something like that. He's not making a lot of plays on the move. Um, there have been on plays down the field, it feels like receivers have had to kind of come back for the ball a little bit. Um, he's, he's a backup. And that's we, – we kind of – the, the league kind of signaled that by him signing a $3.5 million deal when you know, guys like Andy Dalton were getting seven. Um, but – uh, I don't know. I think coming into it, I thought maybe what other people thought, like some of that Jacksonville stuff, thinking of him as like, you know, almost a pseudo starter. And I don't know if we've seen that kind of player from him on the training camp field so far. It's a man that I think very understandably um, isn't afraid to rock a tank top to a baseball game. He okay. is Joel A. Erickson. Right. I mean, his team's leading the NL Central. I'd I'd wear anything or nothing if he told me the Reds would be leading the <laughs> NL Central. Do you know who most has opposition to a guy wearing a tank top at a baseball game? The guy yeah. sitting next to the guy wearing a tank top at That's a baseball probably game. Probably his family. Well, <laughs> family should be the one to be honest. Joel, uh, congrats on what your brewers have done so far, and uh, thank you for the time on this Monday morning.
Yeah, I appreciate it. We'll see you out there later.